0: Day life changes from one day, one week, one month, one year to the next. And we may not necessarily even be able to put our finger on a day or a month or even a year when the change took place, but all of the sudden, we can look back over our life and say, you know what, I don't know how God did it. But he changed me, and he created me into being the person that I wanted to be, but I didn't have the ability to be. So we're going to be talking about that journey this morning. Let's look at chapter 3. We're going to read the first 11 verses. Paul says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. Please beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. And we put no confidence in our flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness, which is in the law, I was found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and may be found In him, not having a righteousness of my own, derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. To me, that scripture just sounds like a journey. Paul's talking about this journey. He's warning us that, listen, folks, there are all kinds of people out there who would love nothing more than to sidetrack you in your faith walk with Jesus Christ. They will throw all kinds of ideas, because many people uh, live their life according to their ideas and their feelings. And when it comes to walking with Jesus Christ, we're supposed to put our ideas and our feelings aside and walk by faith. But they're out there. They're the only ones that know the right way. They're the only ones that have the perfect message. They're the only ones that can tell you exactly how you need to live. But the thing is, they're telling you about a lifestyle that is created within themselves. And it is powerless because they can't even live the lifestyle that they're trying to get you to live. And that's exactly what the Judaizers were trying to do with the young church. They were coming along into these churches and they were telling them, now listen to us, we've been doing this for a long time, and we're the ones that really know what the lifestyle should look like after you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I've been there And I've heard that. And it doesn't work. I lived a lot of years of my life stumbling and fumbling and not able to do what I wanted to do because I was trapped into thinking that Jesus saved me by faith. But then he turned it all over to me and said, Well, son, now it's all left up to you. Here are all the rules and regulations. Go to it. Have you ever felt alone in your faith? You know what I'm talking about. God never designed us to walk through this life feeling alone and incapable. He wanted us to feel full of power and ability to do exactly what Christ had commanded us to do when he was still here. The Bible hasn't changed God's word hasn't changed. I uh, found it pretty interesting that Paul, like Jesus, didn't have a lot of real flattering terminologies for people who are out there spreading false doctrine. He called them dogs. Evil workers, false circumcision. In other words, it was a false adherence to a law that that God knew when He gave it, we would never be able to live. And it wasn't given to us so that we were commanded and demanded to live it. It was given to us so that we would understand exactly how far of a departure from what God wanted us to be we had really taken or we had really gone. It was a school teacher for us. It was a tutor, the Bible calls it, so that we could see that we were lost and we needed someone to rescue us from that lostness and bring us in to a place of power and rest and strength paul said in verse 3 we are the true circumcision Who worship in the Spirit of God and we glory in Christ Jesus. What Paul was saying there is, I quit looking at myself and my ability and I began to glory in God and in Christ Jesus because I've discovered I can't do it, but they can. God provided a life for me that I could have only dreamed of. But in Christ Jesus, I have found out that it's available to me to live. And that's the message that Paul preached to the people. And then he wanted to try and, and and explain to them exactly where he was coming from. And he said, starts out in verse four. He says, although I might have confidence even in the flesh. And then he goes on in in that verse in the next couple verses, explaining to the to the uh, Philippian people why he could feel that way. I didn't say that he did, but why he could feel that way. He you know, he said there that I might even have more confidence in the flesh. But in verse 5, he, he goes on, he says, I was circumcised the eighth day. It was the sign of the promised covenant with God. And it had to be done on the exact right day in the exact right way. And Paul had fulfilled that in his life. He was, he's, then he went on and and he said that uh, he was of the tribe of of Benjamin. He was of the nation of Israel. A Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, he was a Pharisee. Some of you may not know what he means by that last statement, that he was a Pharisee, but if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. A Pharisee was the most adamant person in the in the Hebrew religion when it came to walking in accordance to the law all ultimately there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of laws And if anybody in the Hebrew religion could boast about living according to those laws, it was the Pharisees. Jesus called them to task, though, when he was here, because there were nuances to those laws that they wanted to ignore and live according to the surface information about that law it's the same for us when god says he wants us to love he wants us to have a spiritual love it's way deeper than just a a a love that we can share with other people it it's beyond our ability to love that's why we have To trust Him and depend on Him to give us that level of love that we can share one with the other. You you don't have it in you. You can love people to the best of your ability, but when Jesus takes over and begins to love people through you, it's a whole new dimension. So... You know, Paul's going down the list of why he should be able to have confidence in himself. He said, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness, which is in the law. In other words, when it come to living according to the adherence to the law, I was found, what? Blameless. Blameless. That is a very powerful statement that coming out of his mouth, I I can't say that. I'm not blameless. I'm not perfect. But when it came to the law, Paul had the ability to look at himself and say, listen, when it comes to adherence to the law, I was blameless. Nobody could point their finger at me and say, you didn't abide by the law. Because he had. Verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me? What things... Were gained to me. All those things that I counted so important are now absolutely meaningless. What a transition. Do you think for one second that Paul made that transition in an instant of time? No. That's why we call being a Christian a journey, a walk with God, is because God understands that we're human. He understands that this is a journey that we begin the moment that we say yes to Jesus Christ, and it's for the rest of our life here on this earth. It is a journey, a quest that we're on. Paul had to take that journey. If you go back and read the book of Galatians, starting in chapter 3, you'll see his, his journey there, a part, great part of it. He spent 17, 17 years of his life getting prepared to be the leader that he was. 17 years. You you uh, college students that invested four or six years into your uh, 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 education, that pales. But Paul went on that journey. That's why he has the authority to be able to speak to us about the journey and how important it is and what will transpire in us as we move forward. He goes on in verse 8, and he says, More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. There is a transition that takes place in our lives when we accept the forgiveness and the redemption work that Jesus Christ performed on our behalf. Almost instantly, we begin in small steps to value less and less. Unless all of those things that held such tremendous esteem in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about your homes, I'm not talking about your cars and your motorcycles or anything else. I especially won't pick on motorcycles. But that's not really where I'm going. Those things need to to hold the place where, uh, you know, they don't have unreasonable uh, value to us. But what I'm talking about is the internal things. Like, I'm the most important person in this room. And what I have to say is more important than anything that you could have to say. I love better than you do. And that's why people are drawn to me. We could simplify it and just call it pride because that's what it is. But you see, Paul counted his importance as a Pharisee to be of great loss to him. I mean, he was was glad that it was a loss. He counted it as loss because it just wasn't important to him anymore. He understood the constant battle that takes place when we try to do everything in our own strength instead of just allowing God to work on the inside of us and do what only He can do and what He does best. And so day by day by day by day, all of these things begin to fall off in our lives. God empowers us to be able to live according to His desires and his purposes for this life. Do you know what our purpose is? What God's desire is for you? Is that you would know Jesus Christ and that you would share that with other people. I'm not telling you that you have to go out and get people born again because I'm tell- I'll tell you a secret. You can't do it. You can't save one single person on the face of this earth. Only God can save us from a life of death. What God asks us to do is to go out and just share with people what He's done here, talk about Him. With our actions, we love with the love of Christ, and that speaks more loudly than anything that you could ever say. Right. But we get so trapped in our offense that we become speechless. If you're offended at somebody it's your fault nobody can offend you you had to take offense at what they said or did let it go because you are the only one that is being hurt by offense that person that you're offended at they don't care Probably they don't even know that you're offended. So you're only hurting yourself. But you see, it's seeking after God and it's finding Jesus Christ and turning all of those things over to Him that empowers us to let that offense go. Because the devil wants you to hold on to that little puppy. He wants you to carry that little puppy right here up on your shoulder so that it can be licking your face and loving on you. And all of the time in the tail that that little puppy lovingly has and seems to be wagging, he's got a little dagger that's just jabbing you in the heart every time you think about it and allow it to have a, take authority in your life. Let it go but it was in the view of the surpassing knowledge the value of his knowledge of Christ Jesus his lord he said my lord do you know what lord means when you say when you call jesus christ your lord really what you're saying is he's my controller look it up The Lord of Commons in Great Britain, they control this great big area of place. They're controlling the people that live there and everything that's happening within their realm of authority. So when you call Jesus your Lord, is He really your Lord? Or is it just a word that flows off of the end of your tongue because it's written in the Bible and it's I'm supposed to say it? I find that most people don't even use the term. They'll talk about Jesus being their Savior, but when it comes to being Lord, they want to maintain their own lordship control their lives, their self. But Paul's saying, he's my Lord. He controls everything about me and my life. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Do you know what happens on the inside of you when you begin to let go of and allow God to control every aspect of your life? The love of things, the love of power, the love of your own authority, the love of your own selfishness, the love of your own pride. All of those things begin to be cut away by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And one day you realize that God has truly made a difference in my life on this journey. Paul experienced it just like we experience it. His interest... His only interest. Because he said, I count everything as rubbish. That tells me that Paul only had one interest, and that was Jesus Christ. And everything else in life is rubbish. Now, I'm not talking to you husbands and saying that your wife is rubbish. We're not talking about those people that God has placed in your life to be loved and to love in return. In every one of us, God is miles up here in importance. I'll use me as an example. Down below, God is Cheryl, my wife, and just underneath her name would come Ryan and Leah. And right underneath their name comes all of the members of my family. They're precious to me. God commands me to keep them precious to me and to pray for them. And the ones that might step outside of the realm of preciousness. You know what I'm saying. God wants us to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be opened so that they may know what is the hope of their calling and what are the riches of the glory of their inheritance in the saints. Amen. But everything else outside of this love realm that God has created us to live in, it's... It, its just not really that important. It's Jesus Christ and knowing Him. Because Paul said in verse 9, that I may be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own didn't go very good for me, I can't speak for you. Obviously, didn't go very good for Paul either. That was derived from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. I'll tell you, faith is easy. We make it hard because it just seems like humans being humans want to make things difficult. And usually what we do is we make things difficult not on everybody else, but on us, ourselves. I, I remember this scripture. I, I Didn't look it up, but where Jesus said, my yoke is what? Easy, and my burden is light. So who's making this life in Christ hard? Is it God? No. It's us. He just wants us to rest in Him and live in Him. And that's what Paul's talking about. He he wants to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Paul wanted to know the peaceful presence in his heart, this quiet, Confidence that Jesus Christ is in me and I am in him. It brings peace. It brings confidence on the inside of us that we are him. It creates on the inside of us an awesome reverential fear. a love and respect for Jesus Christ that I want to live and I want to know it even more every day of my life. He says the power of his presence God wants us to come to know or to understand that it's His power or His grace, His ability to do in you what you can't do for yourself. It's there. All we need to do is tap into that power. That grace that God's deposited on the inside of us. And we can begin to live with an ability to walk out this life knowing Jesus Christ and being the witness that he called us to be. So that we can know this resurrection power that enables us. Jesus didn't die on the cross just so that he could give you new life. That was most important. But he died there to give you the ability to do everything that he's asked you to do. That's just as important to us as our redemption so that we can get lost in Him and not in us and our ability. Paul said to have fellowship with his sufferings. In other words, when society ridicules us, persecutes us, even kills us, or tries to outlaw our faith, In other words, tries to outlaw our ability and our right to speak about our faith. But it gives permission and grants great encouragement to other faiths to be free and be able to speak their peace. But you Christians... You're too self-centered. You're too, uh, you're, you're too rigid on what you believe. You expect people to, to adhere to God's Word. Just talking for me, I've seen enough of some of the other religious writings to say that adhering to God's Word is far less egregious. and easier but see that's what trips people up is it's how easy it is to really be a christian it's not hard enough it doesn't require enough from me because i'm special but the power of christ rises up in us and we see it in the middle east a good bit where Christians are being condemned to death and they refuse because there's this power that rises up on the inside of them and they don't even consider their physical lives to be important anymore, but it's for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I refuse to deny it. And in that way, we can become conformed to his death. And to be conformed even more to, the, to his death, but even more than that, in verse 11, Paul says, in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Every one of us are born into this earth dead. Now, I know that's an oxymoron statement. I I, I get it. But every one of us are born and lost without the Redeemer, the Savior that we need. And Christ came to make sure He was available to us. So that if we would believe in Him by faith, the salvation, the redemption that we needed would be ours. By faith faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us. This quest is available to each, each and every one of us, and it is important for us. especially us who are believers, to intensify our quest on this journey. It's all on the basis of faith and not on works. Could the worship team come up? Please. Life in Christ Jesus is a journey or a quest that every one of us are presented with. The question that I have is God has presented it to you. What have you done with it? Every one of us are going to have to answer that question we can either answer that question now and allow God Jesus Christ to enter in and change us from the inside out and redeem us from a life of sin and death and give us new life those are our choice that's our choice or we can just reject him and continue to do things our way And that won't get us anywhere. To everyone sitting here this morning and everyone who is watching online, if this journey is one that you've put off so far, if it's a journey, but if it's a journey that's worth making, and believe me, it is a journey worth endeavoring on. I want to invite you to join us. So with all of our eyes closed, our heads bowed, don't be looking around. Other people's lives are not important to you. But if you're here this morning and you know that you need.